Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. Now, Shelbourne this weekend could win the first division on Friday night. Nathan, what's been the contributing factors to their success this season? Yeah, it's, it's something that's been happening um, for a long time now, isn't it? Shells have really been the, the, the top team in the fourth division. Um, and it's the fourth division that's been tight in terms of playoff places, but yeah, it, it, it's seemingly uh, the, the tight of the Calder Park for a while now when it could be made official. Look, if we could probably just start off with, with, with the bread and butter, with the on-field stuff, which is obviously as, as important as what goes on off the field. The force at the moment, uh, 52 points, 10 points ahead of our closest rivals, Galway United, uh, in the league table. They've only been beaten once all season, which is brilliant. Uh, actually, that was by Galway, a 3 1 defeat back in August. And even their draws, you know, and I think that's something that can go a little bit, uh, just doesn't come up in these sort of conversations, doesn't it? Where they're not thrown away ridiculous points. The only, in fairness, when we're looking at the results this season, the only shock result you can really pick out was that two all draw at home to Cold Ramblers at the end of July. So the, the six other draws we got were to Galway, two to Bray, two to Treaty, and to UCD. So these are all four them sides in the playoffs at the moment. So they're all sides that are in, in, in the upper end of the table. So nothing disrespectful about the draw to them side to call. A goal, 46 goals this season, the second highest behind UCD in the fourth division, who are 50 goals. Ryan Brennan in particular, who has had the season of his life, you know, he's it, always been some sort of an underrated player, you know, we've seen him at Pats when he was there, and this point to him, goal when he did leave the Shelves, you know, he's net 58 goals this season, which is uh, the second highest in the fourth division behind uh, Colin O'Neill, obviously. Um, and the defence as well is something that it's, it's strange, you know, and I, I think we're probably guilty of it, myself in particular, you know, we always talk about Shelbourne, we talk about the attacking options and then the, the, the last of the ball in at the start of the season. And, but the, the defence and the consistency that they have in the defence, you know, Brendan Clark, Goal, Ali Gilchrist, Nick Bourne on the left, and this young lad, the, the right back, John Ross Wilson, seems to be one of the, the low key signings of the season, and, and there's such a big hype around them. And, you know, we were excited to see Paul James Brown come up with Jota the last year. And I'm telling you, mate, this is my early little nod. Keep an eye on John Ross Wilson next season. So, yeah, but having that consistency there, you know, they've only conceded 19 goals this season, which is the best in the division as well. So, you know, if you just look at the basic stats and the basic records, it's a really, you can't fault anything. You know, you can't fault them being a part-time team coming straight back up at the first-time basket. Yeah, I don't know about you. Do you feel there's that out there? You know, we, we, obviously we, we can't miss the off-field stuff either. Like I said, the recruitment was actually brilliant start the season. Brought in some highly experienced players from the Premier Division too, you know. So it, it almost looks like a, a ready-made side, doesn't it, to, 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 to be in the post the Premier Division. So, you know, they're going to have to add. They're always going to have to add and make improvements. Uh, no matter how good a team is, just to keep everything moving. But, you know... The manager as well, Ian Morris, such a good young talented coach there too. Um, and the club is stuck with him, you know. They obviously sorely disappointed to get relegated last year, but you know, props to their CEO David O'Connor. He's such a young man for that job as well, and and and, and 
the things that they're doing with the community and get, building up game links as well, you know, I, I, I'm probably just taking everything, but yeah, is, is there anything I'm missing off there, mate? Because like, you really, on and off the field, you have to give them nothing but props. Yeah, no, I think that's that's fair enough. They also have maybe a new home to go to, so maybe that positivity surrounding that is uh, lifting them up a bit. I, I, the question for me really is not so much about what's been done this season. It's what's going to be done next season. So listen, they're gonna get they're gonna get promoted. That's that's a given, I yeah. think, now at this stage. But when you look at the Shelbourne team that went up the last time, there was there was a bit of positivity around that team and it didn't quite happen for them. Do you feel that they're a stronger unit now going up into the Premier Division or will they have to, I suppose, like maybe they didn't do as much the last time, do you think they'll have to get a few Premier Division players uh, on board to help them survive? You won't have to get an awful lot in. You know that there was a lot of lads in that squad, like I said, have plenty of Premier Division experience. And the difference being, now they have a year under their belt. Where you look at the last time in the Premier Division, they brought a lot of players in, they were lying on the jail quickly. And we must not forget as well, and, and it can be a cop out with some of these answers playing in COVID. But you know, that season, they under 18 games to get to that jail and build up their partnerships with, with a very new squad. So, you know, it's clearly a ready made Premier Division team they have at the moment. Like I said, they're going to have to bring a couple of guys in uh, to strengthen. Uh, especially probably in the midfield more than anything else. Like the uh, Georgie Poynton, for a period of example, you know, he, he's been very impressive this season. But for me, and from a scene up in the Premier Division, uh, he's been a little bit hit and miss. So it's going to be important just to see how players are keen to get on and will they need to, to, to replace and to strengthen a little bit. But I think if they're looking at a, a Shelbourne side, I know it's different, but I'm going to compare them even Longford that came up this, uh, this season. I know they came much of the playoffs and it's a completely different scenario in itself. But, yeah, like if you look at them two squads as the teams coming up, uh, it's nothing day. Like that Shelbourne squad here at the moment is really, really impressive. And I think, you know, if you look at, like, say, Yo Yo Maddie, another third example, probably been a little bit underwhelming this season with Shelbourne, just due to the amount of goals they scored at UTD and the impressive performances that you had. But you, you see, there's still, still a bit in him, too. You know, you, you wouldn't discount them straight away. So, yeah, it was going to cost early, extremely early predictions. Yeah, I think that Shelburne side, you know, is there at the moment. They're, they're capable of staying in the Premier Division. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who they do add and do they stick with, you know, some of the older ones like Brendan Clark and Goal and I was getting on with it in years. But Jesus, that man has been there doing that. He, he's won it. He's been uber successful. So, yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be good to see can they hand on to, that, to, the, to the core players that have gotten into this position. Yeah, we've probably put the knockers on them and uh, Treaty will turn them over by three goals to nil or something like yeah. that now on Friday <laughs> night. But yeah, no, it's been a great season for them. I and mean, we thought there may be a little rocky patch, as you said, uh, <laughs> with draws that they actually yeah. did. You just pulled away from the, the rest of the of the league. Um, and you look at, uh, we might as well just talk about the, the first division now while we're here. Uh, Galway, yeah. UCD, Treacy and Bray, they look like the teams that are going to be in the playoffs. Uh, odds not a given at the moment, but with Athlone sitting in sixth place, uh, you wouldn't count on anyone below there doing that, would you? No, you wouldn't really. Um, geez, I tell you what, it, it's very interesting now um, to see, you're looking at even far down as Wexford and Cove. That's a little battle there for, for, for that bottom place position. And wouldn't it be great for Wexford to see them get, get out of that? 10 place position and, and, and to, to jump ahead of Cove, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. 
24 points behind them now. This is a Wexford side that's been destined to sit in that position. But like we said, it's counting the points. Ian Ryan, he's gone into that club and while the, the, the results haven't been majorly overcome, you can see the positivity has changed there. You know, like Jack Moylan has been excellent since he went in there. Kyle Robinson, we talked about him as well, and a lot of Pat has been brilliant. Uh, has been the main goal scorer. So, yes, it, it, it gives Wexford even something to fight for, even away from the playoffs. You know, they, they've something, um, something to battle for. They're not just playing for pride anymore. You know, they have a goal to aim towards that. God, now we could actually get off this, this bottom place that we've been stuck in for the entire season. Yeah, look, even looking at the, at the playoffs, um, it was, unfortunately for me, my, my team at Lowen, uh, my boys suffered a, a bad 2-0 defeat to Wexford as well. So that's things like that are going to damage them in terms of the playoff position. But yeah, it's starting to come together now a bit, isn't it? In the uh, the final four games, you can start to see structure coming together. I think you'll be more so looking at the playoffs for me is the positioning. Now, with Treaty finish ahead of UCD, with UCD, could Bray, move a bit forward up from fifth position so yeah those are the teams and the UCB and Cove battle they're, they're the main two teams that I'd be looking at towards the final four games yeah no it would be certainly interesting and uh, we'll be keeping an eye out for that on Friday night now RTE's group head of sport Declan McBenna has been in the headlines this week Nathan what have you made of his comments and um, has he, he's tried to dig himself out of a hole here has he yeah, we have a little bit. Um, look, for anyone that hasn't seen the comments, uh, like Roy was saying, RTE's head of sport, Declan McBennett, he's he sort of hit back, hasn't he? Because there's been a lot of lot, lot of backlash from the League of Ireland fan base, and rightly so, about the lack of coverage, uh, League of Ireland coverage in RTE. In particular, what was the, the, the brilliant run of European games with the likes of Bohemians and, and, and Sean McRovers and Dark went on. Like there was 20 European fixtures involved in League of Ireland teams in the summer and they've only shot, they only shot one. And look, you can put that down to, you know, and which he did, so listening to, to some of this interview that uh, Declan McBenna done, um, I forget what the podcast was, now he apologies, I think it was LOI Central or, or something, so he apologies for listening in, but uh, yeah, he, he blamed it on a uh, busy summer period, you know, the Euro, the Olympics and the Paralympics. But again, you know, it, for someone like, like if I'm just going to point it out there, and we, uh, look, we know we've talked about the loads on Roy, haven't we? RTA affiliation with, with the likes of the GAA and the rugby and even the horse racing and, and other sports, but the, the main two are the GAA and the rugby. But while this so called congested summer schedule was going on, we were still showing one sided club championship games in the GAA during the summer. So, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's an argument for me that just doesn't really hold up. I'm sure, I'm sure there is one or two with League of Ireland games you could have went it you could have put the effort in and shown them on that's, just, that's all I'm asking for it's a basis with a bit of coverage from my national broadcaster uh, but yeah look going back on to uh, what Declan McBenna was saying he feels that the backlash has now crossed the line uh, fighting that RT staff you know like, like cameramen and, uh, and, and commentators and things like that have uh, felt uncomfortable at League of Ireland games down to the treatments by the spectators um, he, he cited two recent games now we didn't point what games they were but he's mentioned two recent League of Ireland games that RTE have covered uh, that uh, he's seen incidents of RTE staff being, uh, being verbally abused by, uh, by, by the League of Ireland fan base uh, of whatever ground he went to visit and he said that both clubs and the FEI have been made aware then he went on you know, to tell the company line saying the RTE's relationship with the FEI and the clubs are uh, 
and called Sound, which was there, uh, wasn't it? A award that was trying to come out of, you know, this official statement. Oh, we're Sound, man. Oh, we're the boys. We're Sound, man. Uh, so, yeah, it, it was, look, don't fucking harass ordinary walking people, even if they're from RTA, you know, cameramen seem to that. They're down to do a good job, you know, and it's, Jesus, I know the frustration. I, I just listen to the back catalogue of this podcast. Me and Roy have spent probably hours now of our life complaining about RTE and, 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 and things like that um, and the lack of coverage. But, you know, these the people that are just down doing an ordinary job, these aren't big decision makers, so trying to hit verbal abuse at them. But, yeah, for me, from what I made of listening to some of these quotes and reading this, some of these uh, quotes by Declan McDennett, a lot of deflection. A lot of deflection for me on, on some of the bigger issues. Uh, what do you reckon? Do you think of something behind the right? Or am I just being a little bit of a, a league of and biased again? No, well, first of all, if there's people abusing RT cameramen or people who are working for RT and not directly RT staff, because RTE are not shown uh, football on the telly, League of Ireland football. Well, well, them people are brain dead. Uh, there's yeah. a, a, you can't you can't talk to people like that because they literally don't have a brain in their head. That's first of all, obviously, people know that that's not the way you're going to go about getting uh, more coverage of League of Ireland football there. But secondly, I think you're right. It's a huge deflection of. <sighs> Try, try not to discuss what should be discussed and that's why you're paying money into RTE as a, a, a license holder. You're paying good money in. You're, there's also, they're getting uh, advertisements. They're, they're Financially, they're not doing well according to um, the head of RTE. Uh, that can only be down to themselves. Uh, so w- when they're putting money out for every other sport during the summer and they're not putting money into the League of Ireland you do have to ask questions should the people who are who support League of Ireland then bother paying their, their TV licence because you know they, they deserve to see their league as much as the rugby deserve to see their uh, rugby league the the Gaelic football deserve to see the All-Ireland so you know, it's 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 not good enough. It really, isn't good enough. And he has purely deflected away using uh, those probably uh, very random incidents, uh, 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 probably very few incidents. And as he said, yeah. a, 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 a say, couple I, of incidents, as he said. I, I have to say, mate. I don't want to cut across you there, but just while we're talking about it, I've been going into games now. Jesus, well over fifteen years for for most of my life, and twenty five now. I've been going up for most of my life. I've never seen it happen. And I know just because I've never seen it happen doesn't mean that it does, it, it, I'm sure it's happened in the past. No, but I've seen the likes of Tony O'Donoghue walking in their stands and around grounds. And the majority of what I've seen has been nothing but friendly banter. You know, and look, we're, we're not here to justify it and we're not here to, like, if you do harass people in an RT jacket, you're a dickhead. You know, these people, they don't make the big decisions. But yeah, I, I do agree that some of the things they're trying to, like you said, work uh, quite randomly it's pretty strange yeah and again there's there's no reason he, he quoted that the, the numbers aren't good enough and uh, basically that no one else was looking he didn't see anyone else looking to, to show League of Ireland games so League of Ireland teams and clubs need to again we said this a million times now but they need to look outside of RTE 
And, but I don't yeah. think the FAI are doing them any favours. I think the FAI deal with the RTE and feck all money coming in for t- TV. You know, so why are the clubs standing for that? The clubs need to stand up for themselves and decide, listen, no, we'll do this on our own. We don't need RTE. Um, most people are happy to pay for the streaming services anyhow. Uh, does it does it pay for it? Uh, maybe they need to think about ways of funding it. Uh, they definitely need to, we talked about it before, about marketing and stuff like that, you know, but they definitely need to be in charge of their own coverage. So yeah. um, will we see that in the future? I hope so. Uh, do we hope that RTE have nothing got to do with it? I'd love to see RTE have something to do with it, but in a positive manner yeah. and not just a, a derogatory kind of uh, your shit on the shoe type manner, which yeah. seems to be the way it is at the moment. So yeah. Uh, yeah, quite happily do without RTE. And if the clubs can stand up for themselves and uh, do it themselves, we've seen how well LOI TV has has worked. They have to have got ideas off that. They have to have got knowledge and uh, uh, learned how to do it because actually some of the some of the coverage was excellent uh, compared to yeah. what we were getting off RTE. So. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'm, I'm, I'm one for 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 jumping ship and just not even discussing them. And I know, like, we want great teams. Though, like I said, we want, you know, we'd love to see weekly league boiling games, things like that. But for me, like, it's looking at some of the basics that just aren't being done. Like, we're not mentioning sports bulletins on like RTE two FM. It's never mentioned of league of Ireland, whether it be Premier Division, Fourth Division, Women's National League, and the underage football. Nothing at all. Highlights on a national broadcaster, like anytime you even watch BBC, perfect example actually BBC. Um, there's always the the, the the highlights of the Irish League of, of the Northern Ireland League. You'd never see that on RTE. So it's even small little basic steps like that, you know. That it, it makes a little bit of a difference to us, you know. Like it's not going to happen overnight, and it's just the stance is clear. It really is. But like I said, mate, we've been ignored. The league has been ignored. Football has been ignored by national broadcasters. The national broadcast or RTE for long enough. There's been jabs even made at the league by high, higher ups at RTE. So it's while it's, it doesn't seem like we're asking for a lot, we're just, we just start off it. We're just asking for some for some basic help, for some basic marketing and, and some promotion. But yeah, it really is. The longer it goes on, and I know we, we don't want to keep talking about this, but LOI TV things like that you really you can't want to affect the importance of it we can do these things right here much of a difference and make for the product as a whole yeah hopefully that's what's going to happen and that's what's down the line and uh, we can forget about that uh, that nonsense with RTE and if they in fairness <laughs> if they are <laughs> if they are going the way they're going uh, they, they may struggle anyhow so uh, let's let's see where all that goes. Okay, there's been lots of controversy surrounding away ticket allocations over this week. Shamrock Rovers are not offering Derry City fans tickets for this weekend, and St. Pat's did the same with Rovers the previous week. Nathan, what are you making of all this? Yeah, it's been a spicy old week in League of Ireland, hasn't it? You know, we have the RDE controversy, now we have the, the away ticket one, but uh, yeah, this, this away ticket story seems to be splitting people a bit more. Like you said, Shamrock Rovers are often offering a, in a way allocation to Derby City for the game on Friday up in Tallaght Stadium. Uh, the game is now uh, sold out in, in the capacity they can offer. There's expected to be about 4,000 uh, Shamrock Rovers fans uh, up there in the night. 
um, with the like now season ticket holders, members, and then just it went on general sale. And just the demand has been there, and that's what it is. The demand is there. You know, people are pointed out that when Waterford uh, went up to Palace Stadium a couple of weeks ago, and they got tickets. Just the demand wasn't there for it. The demand is there now. We're going to see. More than likely, they'd, they'd imagine they're playing, playing at home. You know, Shamrock Rovers, they, they, they look on course to win the title. And a win here against a very game, Derry City side, it will, it will push that gap at the top of the table even further, you know, and it would really put one hand on the title, you feel. For me, I don't know if I'm keeping too basic or you'd like you to jump in and get yours. I mean, mate, but I feel there's no harm looking after your own fans in this current climate, you know, uh, home fans in particular. Like I said, Pat's been the same uh, against Shamrock Rovers last week. We've seen uh, 2,500 uh, Saints fans in Richmond Park for the game. Um, unfortunately, the results didn't go your way. We won't talk about that. That's our right place. Don't mention it. Uh, when, when you uh, <laughs> speak up, please don't. Um, but yeah, I, 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 really, I, I, don't, I, I do not think there's no harm looking after your own fans. It, it's a demand is there. And if there's no... Um, you know, there's, there's no obligation for you to, 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 to bring in um, in a way on occasion, especially with things aligned now. And look, I do understand that having a, a, a way crowd in, it definitely makes the atmosphere 100 times better and it makes it much more of a contest. But in this current climate that we find ourselves in now, the COVID maybe didn't have the fans being starved at the games and using the home tickets as a good revenue stream for the club. Yeah, I see no issue with it. Though. Okay, uh, I'd be the complete opposite. I think it's, uh, I think it's wrong. I think it's bad form. I think that all clubs it should be this this I suppose a rule within the league that 10% of your gate should be going up to away fans and even now with limited uh, numbers allowed in, fa- in in the stadiums I still think that that 10% should be there um, football is made by your, the fans it's made by the banter between both sets of fans and I, I don't think that you should be able to decide uh, otherwise so um, I think we've, you've seen it up in, in Scotland with Celtic and Rangers uh, playing petty games and no way. Fan. I mean, they're, they're, game, they're things that people want to do. Like people want to go and see the, the big games. Someone wants to go and see Dundalk versus Shamrock Rovers at Tallah Stadium if you're a Dundalk fan. You should be you should be allowed to go. You should be able to try and get a ticket. Anyhow, you, you don't, you might necessarily get a ticket, but... Yeah, I think it's I think it, it's ruined a bit. I I I definitely think uh, I think you might be thinking on more of a, a selfish point of view where you have more of a chance of getting the ticket to go and see Pats uh, or your friends or uh, other Pats fans. I I definitely think that that should be away fans. I mean, that's what makes it. It's that part. It's that banter that's always always been there between home and away fans and um, the noise that you hear from. Maybe an away team who are one nil up with ten minutes to go, cheering on their, their you know, th- then there becomes a little war of, of chanting between the fans. You know who who's winning the not only who's winning the game, but who's winning the the stands. And it's always been that that's what it's all about. So denying people the chance to go away and watch their team, I I think it's wrong. And in in all honesty, I actually think that the uh, the FAI should have stepped in ages ago. I must say, it did get me. I thought there was, there, there, there had to be a certain percentage of away fans at the games. Uh, I was surprised when uh, when Pat won it last week. Actually, it's where we're talking about Shelburne and Treaty United game before we came on here. That's another game that's been sold that's been sold out and it's Shelburne fans only. There'll be no uh, Treaty fans coming. But I think that's different. I think they did offer 
and and and. Uh, Tickets yeah, and I think that's fine. Back. I think they should yeah. be they should be offered to the club, and then whatever the club can't sell or or don't want, that's fine. That's totally fine. And you know, given a certain amount of time to, you know, to be able to sell them, and a certain amount of time to be able to to send them back, and and that the home team can sell them on then as well. So yeah, I'm I'm no no nothing wrong with that at all. You don't I mean if they get two hundred tickets or whatever it is, and and they don't sell their 200, they only sell 100, definitely give the other 100 to the home fans. I, I, you'd never starve anyone going and watching playing football. I just think it's it's bad form that nothing, absolutely nothing for an away fan. So that'd be like you, Nathan, you, you wouldn't be able to go to, you know, whoever, Cork, whatever it is. You might, yeah. you might love that trip down to Cork every year. It might be your thing where you go down to Cork and you, you, you watch that game and you meet up with old friends or whatever, you know. It's centered, you know. It's centered around the, these games. That uh, it's a yeah. I I I I'm I'm, ju- I'm just really disappointed to tell you the truth. Let me dust off the tinfoil hat from last week, boys. Okay. Right. I have another conspiracy. I have another conspiracy. I want to try it your way. Do you think this has anything to do with the fact that you have a Dublin derby coming up in Forest in Stadium on the 18th of October, and it's going to be a huge game? Do you think that they're looking at that fixture and thinking? Hmm. If we can play that game with no bowl stand in the gate, that would be huge. Yes and no. Well, if FedEx, no, because well, if FedEx, we can. Well, if FedEx, we can foil Hatton Lucan. Yes or no? Yeah, <laughs> on board with you. <laughs> I, I I don't really think that's the case because as you said, Pat's did it uh, the week before, yeah. so I don't think that's the case. Would it be would it, would it be a benefit? Of course it would. It'd be huge benefit, and that's again, it's an it's an advantage that I I you know I still think they should have away fans there. I think the atmosphere now and Bowes and between Bowes and Rovers, there's always a, a good atmosphere at those games, you know. So as in uh, sometimes it gets a bit too heated, but it's. It's it's you know it's it's what football's about you know that that rivalry and if there's no one else there and it's just the home fans it's I don't know it's it's a bit like taking tackling out of football what's the I was going to say what the fucking point <laughs> what's the point <laughs> <laughs> that's all I think I was a few points on this one uh, but yeah it's it, are you are you actually going back to a point of what you said I would be surprised if the FBI don't look at something like this now like I said for me I'm not going back to any points in this current climate I think that there is no harm uh, looking after your own that, that, again that's just my point but yeah I'd be surprised if it's something that the FBI don't look at because this is seriously by looking and gauging the interest of this topic you know and it, it's been split it's been really split down the middle and it's actually an interesting one if anyone's listening reach out let us know your point because this actually would have been a duty of a topic for a like the sports bar or something like that, you know, because because in ten years, fifty fifty, you know, it, it really really is. Uh, when when you're asking fans about that new one, the way allocation situation. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. All right, yeah. Okay, uh, we, we'll we'll move on from that, and, and anyone has any comments or wants to add that, and do send uh, do send them in, and uh, sure, put them up on our Facebook page or uh, the League of Ireland Sports Bar or any other uh, social media site that we are on. Okay, Nathan, St. Pat's, we might as well go back to them. The under-19s were representing yeah. the League of Ireland in the UEFA Youth League this evening. How did they do? Yeah, they did. Um, look, just the scoreline, like I said, unfortunately, uh, the Saints were beaten uh, 2-1. 
for uh, Belgrade, the under-19 team. Um, we're 2-0 down at half-time. But uh, Ben McCormick, who we, we've seen playing the first team, um, I came off the bench for the under-19s and got a goal in the 90th minute, the 92nd minute, I believe it was, uh, to salvage. Uh, you know, some sort of hope for the second leg. I'm not going to show a call. Pats were heavy underdogs uh, coming into this game. Heavy, heavy underdogs indeed. So, yes, yeah, 2-1, respectable scoreline. The second leg is on the 20th of October. Um, big experience, you know, as, as a whole for a uh, great experience, even for, for the Pats lads. Uh, against a big team, you know, you know, uh, Red Star Belgrade, while the pedigree sort of lies in the past more than anything else, you know, there's, there's still, a, still a big name side um, themselves and uh, probably partisan, they're probably the, the, the two biggest sides in Serbia at the moment, but yeah, look, it's, like I said, they're under-19 side, Red Star and Ferguson, they, they produced um, some high-profile names that we see in the world of football now, or we have seen in the world of football recently. I would like to say Luka Jovic, uh, Alexander Kolarov, Dejan Stankovic, and Amanda Village even, uh, would have been in the Red Star Academy at one stage or another. They're only modern names, that's without going into the, the more historic names uh, that would have played for Yugoslavia in, in the World Cups and, and things like that. So, yeah, look, it was always going to be a bit of an uphill task for, for the past in the 19th to uh, make their way in the tournament via the uh, called the league winners pathways. You know, they, they won the under 19 league back in 2019, um, in December 2019. So that, that's how they made their way into this competition. Yeah, hopeful. You know, it's uh, it'd be brilliant to see them pull off a uh, shock result, uh, even for the prize money that comes with it too. And, it's just the experience of progressing in, in, in a major uh, UEFA tournament at that age level. But yeah, they'd be disappointed uh, to get beaten at home. And I believe there was a decent crowd. The tickets went on sale. Uh, the, the main stand was, was looking to, uh, to get a, a decent crowd there. But yeah, unfortunate for the lads uh, being hit one by that side that Was there any away fans? No, oh, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right, let's go on to the fans' questions. I have been excited about this one. I'm not going to lie to you. Right, thanks everybody again for them questions. Keep them coming to the big kickoff uh, on any of our social media platforms. Roy Shot with the note earlier, you know, Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can get me, Nathan Doyle, get Roy Shanahan, and any of the uh, social media, LinkedIn, whatever. Just keep them coming in. Your friend is back, right? Ronan Cavanagh, the man himself, absolutely late to see Ronan. He's 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 always on form. He helps me out when I need a question, and he helped me out today. I love this sort of thing. Nice and simple, right? What's your favourite football film? Hmm, that's a tricky one, yeah, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's a do I have to say film, or can I say show? Good man, see, I, 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 have, I, I followed up for Ronan. Ronan asked me one question, and I have like three other questions for you to answer. <laughs> uh, I, I, I thought of it just far too much, right? and I'll take the lead for a second. I stayed away from, you know, I wanted to keep it solely on football. So I stayed away from, you know, like some of the hooligan films I love, Green Street, Football Factory, The Fame, Rise of the First Soldier, that's all, you know, shite. <laughs> it's, it's really entertaining. But I tried to stay away from it and stick solely on on-field stuff. Um, but even at that, they're trying to split it down to films 
and documentaries. Documentaries are a whole beast on themselves. Yeah. Because some of the documentaries that are coming out now have been absolutely stellar. But uh, yeah, look, you went and show us. What show? We started off a show and you knew about the documentaries and films. Come on, show us. The, the, be- only won the best films. football show uh, slash if you want to, uh, film show, whatever category it comes in. Fran assistant manager wins hands down all the time. What was that? I've never heard of that. You never heard of Fran assistant manager? No. What? Oh my God. I don't think so. I am so disappointed, but also excited for you. Hey, fact that disappointment. Was this the team that was on Satanta Ireland? Yes. Yeah, I vaguely, and I mean vaguely, because I used to watch, remember Mario Rosenstock had that show? With the puppet, the special one TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal with that was, and I think Fran, the sister manager, used to be on before or after. Ah, now, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's the, Good, you, it? you need to go and find that. That is just it's top I quality. Do. That nothing beats it. It's hands down the best uh, by yeah. a mile. So, yeah, get on to that one quickly. Um, uh, other than that, of course, I mean, everyone would have remembered Dream Team um, that yeah, was on Sky. I mean, they, they, had, they, they, they had some mad. Uh, <laughs> some mad plots like the the club captain getting shot by a sniper while lifting the FA Cup and uh, an abusive fan in the stands at a friendly game given the chance to play and then becomes a, a Premier League star so stuff like that is just mad but that's that's why we love it that's why everyone loves football manager and those games you know just for Atten to yeah. come through but yeah that was great in its day as well uh, yeah. was there any other football game yeah you said me and machine didn't you um I can't think of. No, did you not? Me and Machine's good. Yeah, that, um, that's a good one. Um, who was in that one? Was it Vinnie Jones in that one? Vinnie Jones was in that. Yeah, yeah. That, a very young Danny Dyer as well, wasn't it? That's very right. Young Danny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good Satan one as well. Popped up as a, as a mad goalkeeper. Uh, it's hard. Like I mean, I know you can go back to uh, oh, what was the one with with the, the in the World War with Pele and a. Yeah, it was like it was the. It wasn't of the called the Great Escape, but it was something the wasn't the Escape. Yeah, give me a second. Give me a second. Um, well, you, you look, and I have, I have three that I've seen. I thought of, and I thought they were brilliant. Let me throw them out here, right? Yeah. These are the films now. It's only films. Escape the uh, victory. The first one, Escape. There, the Jesus, one. how did I not That's get that? Right, go That's on. That's the yeah. voice. Wait, firstly, and probably as we say, but it's uh, Mike Buffett, England manager. Ah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Daily film, yeah, really good. Uh, the Damned United, it's, it's, I think it's an obvious one when yeah. you want to mention it. Um, and did you ever see the, the film just called United? Called which? Did you ever see it? United. No. It's about the Munich air disaster. It's absolutely brilliant. David Tenz is in it. Uh, Jack O'Connell, the English actor, plays Bobby Charlton. It's, oh, it's really, really good. And if you're a Manchester United fan like yourself was, and like yourself, it's, it's actually very emotional in, in scenes. I'm not a big crier at films, but there are certain scenes in this now, whoa, chokes up. Yeah, it portrays um, the Munich Air disaster and the, the, the aftermath, the effects of... Uh, it, follows, it follows Bobby Charlton, you know, his journey of getting breaking into the Manchester United team, the Munich Air disaster itself, you know, the relationship between the players and the aftermath of, of the disaster and the rebuild then, you know, the finishes off at the rebuild of Manchester United. Yeah, really, really poignant, really emotional, but brilliantly active. And if you're, if you're just into your films, you don't even have to be a Manchester United fan to enjoy this film. Yeah, it's really, really, uh, it's very sombre, but 
it's beautiful as well, you know, as like I said, the talk about the rebuild the club and the coming together of, of football, you know, the, the, the talk about, you know, the looks of Liverpool have them and then Leeds United and yeah, it, it really is a nice story to it. So yeah, if anyone is interested, check the United out. It, it, it really is worth a watch. Um, There's one yeah, that I, re- I remember and I just had a little look to see um, when Saturday comes, do you, do you remember that one? Um, what is his name? Sean Bean. Sean Bean is in it. And uh, I'll give you the little description. It says, football hopeful Jimmy Moore has the once in a lifetime chance of escaping the grim existence in a northern mining town when he is spotted by a talent scout and given the trial for his local club. Jimmy celebrates by getting drunk with his mates and ends up in bed with a stripper, thus alienating his girlfriend, Annie. He messes up his trial also, etc, etc. So, yeah, top, top football action going on there with when Saturday comes. That's I, I was on, a little brief looking to personal life-wise. Uh, I was on a video call with one of the lads. Watched, we were watching the night match together. Obviously, I'm in Florida. He lives in Dublin. And I was telling him about this. I goes, ah, oh, because he's like mad into his football. And he loves these stupid questions as well. And the one he threw up was goal. Oh, well, that was just, that's, that's on the tip of my tongue next. Yeah, goal, yeah. <laughs> and that, they were great films. Yeah, fourth and- was good. Second was okay. Third was terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> but still, right. it, 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 again, it's that from from zero to hero kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Santiago Munez. And didn't they just sign the Santiago Munez there in the, in the window? They did, yeah. yeah. So he did, yeah. He's and I messed up an article. I, I had an article I did going about you know, something like transfer, like transfers that are never going to happen, but for sentimental value, it would have been, like, now, trust me, the title would have been much better than that should. But, you know, we could have been looking at, for example, Casper Schmeichel to Manchester United because he's tired of playing for Manchester United. And Santiago, uh, Santiago Munez, the, the Mexican lad, was one of them. But then the fucker went and signed. He never even thought of Nathan Doyle from the big kickoff. He didn't even consider me once when he made that decision in the Newcastle. Uh, look, the big one for me is documentaries. Go on. What? Yeah, this was the one that, that took up my time when I was coming up with this one. And what? look, what? You, can, you can mention, you know, the. Sorry, there was one that, that I never got to see. I don't know if you got to see. It was um, Care's Kids. Did you see that one? I've seen it a good while ago, yeah. I can't, I, I, can't, I can't remember seeing that now, and I don't know why I haven't seen it. I did. It was on, it was on RTA, I think, about... It could actually be on TV3 at the time, when TV3 was knocking about. Yeah. It was on a, a couple of years ago. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, obviously, from um, the past point of view. It's seen, uh, with Brian Kerr, it was brilliant to see. But, you know, someone that... Got a lot of flack, obviously, when he came in as oil manager and, you know, laughed at when he went to Far Island. But you forget how good of a job he done winning up some of them young lads. Like, like, obviously, him and Damien Duff that went on to be really well, icons of the Irish game. So, yeah, it was found actually really interesting to watch. Okay, right. Um, yeah, no, I haven't I haven't seen that one. And uh, it's, it's definitely something that I'd love to. The Derry City one. That, uh, yeah, really good. I, I haven't seen that either, so I'm going to really have to start putting a little bit of time aside to watch them. You would not even believe I have Jack Charlton. I actually have two Jack Charlton finding Jack Charlton DVDs downstairs, and I still haven't watched it. So, Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I'm going to really have to good. sit down and, and uh, watch them by myself. I think that's the I think that's the the key there. And this one, uh, no, I don't think anyone else wants to watch it with me. So, um, okay, yeah, Nathan. Throw one, yeah, yeah throw go on. One throw one more. 
football documentary. Uh, Next goal wins. Did you ever see that one? No. It's about the American Samoa national football team. Okay. It's Jesus, what a story. It goes in and attracts, I think he's a German coach. Let me get his name up now. It's, the documentary has been that successful. It's been made into a feature film. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's actually going to make a film about it. So let me just read a little synopsis of it. See if I can find it. Uh, here we go. Let's go and win the 2014 British documentary film uh, directed by you. Yeah, <laughs> the film chronicles the national football team of American Samoa as they try to rec- recover from the indignity of being known as one of the weakest football teams in the world as they aim to qualify for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. Now, as football fans, there's no spoiler to say that we didn't qualify for the 2014 FIFA World Cup. But it just tracks their journey. Like you said, it's literally from rags to riches. It tracks the story of not only on field, but the off field of this little community in this little tiny island of American Samoa. Um, one of the lads we have in, in the team is transgender, and it talks just about, you know, the, the, of, the, the camaraderie between this group, you know, where nobody sees any difference, you know, it's just such a, you can see the love in the group there, you know, and with the failures, you know, they, they rally around each other, and we have a German coach that comes in and tries to, change, you know, to put his stamp on it. But even him realising that, you know, he can't get him to play like Germans. He has to become like an American Samoan. And just finding the relationships on the island and in the team and really it's beautiful. And there is one part of the film where you do find success and you do triumph over a, a big rival and the outpour of the joy. It made me proud to be American Samoan. And I'm not fucking, I've never even been to American Samoan <laughs> in my life. That's how really, really good it was. Yeah. Okay. Um, I gotta, gotta keep, I keep an eye for that one as well. I gotta get the list is getting long, Nathan. The list is getting is, very, very long. Um, okay. Yeah. So we have a, a full weekend of games this weekend, uh, and as we said, uh, we won't talk too much about the Premier Division. I don't think we we know the situation there. It's going to be uh, Shelbourne's weekend, hopefully, in the First Division and. Uh, We'll discuss all of the Premier Division results and games next week. Talk to you then.